This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Which, of course, if you go to Zupan's.com, you're going to sign up on the news, capital Z, mm-hmm. capital F, news feed. Uh, and the cool thing about that is you're always going to get an offer for something cool when you go into Zupan's. Uh, you can sign up. You get offers and deals. Sneak peek for listeners this week. What better around the holiday season than a free Koro salami stick? When you spend twenty dollars, court. That's pretty ever, awesome. Have you ever had a free? Have you ever had a Koro salami stick? I have not like, had a Koro salami stick, but now I know how I can go get one for free. Right, and so now you can know whether you like it. Yeah. So there you go. You do that, and then uh, we have Saturday, December seventh. Tell us what's going on then. That's a one-day gourmet food gift sale, as you mentioned. Saturday, December seventh. Treat a foodie in your life or yourself with forty percent off truffle products, aged balsamic vinegars, and foie gras. Foie gras, yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can reserve your holiday feast at zupans.com. Also, online, they have, and this is what I do at Christmas, rib roasts, yep. sides, pies, and more. Hanukkah items, including chicken marbella, latkes, jelly donuts, and then they have pies. Yeah, the, their pies are so good. Yeah, well, they have a few. You can order Loretta Jean's pies, mm-hmm. and that is convenient to go to Zupan's and pick up the what is known as some of the best pies in Portland. Yep. They also have, you can pick up uh, generally right there near the bakery department, uh, Blue Raven pies. Which yeah, which you're I, a big fan of. I'm a big I was a big fan when I picked them up somewhere else and went to Zupan's and said, you guys need to, you guys should. Yeah. Not need. They don't need to. Right. But, but. They uh, heated your advice. Yeah, they heated my advice, and the Blue Raven are there, mm-hmm. and they're great too. Here's, so. here's some other advice. I did last year. I got a, my we got our turkey for Thanksgiving from Zupan's. Great turkey. This year we did it again, but I asked them because last year I spatchcocked it myself. I I butterflied it, which is it's an ordeal on and of, of itself. But this year I'm like, why should I do it? Zupan's the butcher block will just do it for me. They did so, I, so I picked up my uh, my Your turkey and I said, can you spatchcock this baby? And they did. Wow. It was perfect. Good for you. They removed that spine, they butterflied it, and I smoked it, and it was awesome. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? It was. Way? It was great. Thanks for asking. How about you? Mine was great. Good. My son, no turkey, made fried chicken, Yeah, which was just uh, fantastic. There's some poultry involved, and everything's good, right? No, I think it's, you know, he wanted to do that. He's not a big turkey fan. and uh, Yeah. It was fantastic with the gravy mm-hmm. and best, ma- best mashed potatoes I've ever had. Oh, nice. So anyway, Thanksgiving is nice, and you can make your Christmas that much better with a visit to Zupan's mm-hmm. up on Burnside, McAdam, Lake Oswego, and Weircourt. Zupans.com. All right, here it is. Time once again, the first episode of Right at the Fork in December of, of 2019. Of the sixth year. Of the sixth year, yeah. Which I just still, I, I, I keep talking about that, but I cannot believe it. You know, you and I are getting older. Right. Unlike our audience. Our audience is, is sta- either staying staying the same age or getting younger. Are you worried about offending our audience by saying they're getting <laughs> no, older? Just having fun with it. But uh, like we're all getting older. Right. But I feel like time lately... We, I always have, but of course, the older you get... The faster it goes. The faster it goes, sure. and that's a mathematical equation, because every period of time is a 
smaller percentage of a lifetime. Mm. So it just seems like it's going faster. So in other words, 10 years when you're 50 is 20% of your life. And when you're 20 years old, it's half. So I sure yes. Yeah, so it just I'm seems gonna live to till go I'm two hundred, so I don't know what you're talking about, Chris. You want do you want to live to your two hundred? No, nah, not really. I don't think <laughs> I, sh- short of like you know, being in like tip top physical shape, why would at a certain point your body's falling apart? If I you mean, no, if I'm forty two and it's already falling apart. If you apart. could be where you are at forty two and live till into the twenty two hundreds, would you I think do that'd that? be pretty good. Cool. I would I I would enjoy that. Oof. Get to see my kids, yeah. have kids and their kids and yeah, I, I would. That would be cool. But on the other Computers hand, computers implanted into our yeah, brains the, and eyeballs. Yeah. So we we just have to assume that the world has always had its problems sure. and has come back. Oh yeah, yeah. And is still here. It's the the planet flow. is still here. Right. So, um, you know, speaking of the planets still being here, let me use that as a segue into our guest today. Yeah, Mylene Chavez, who. Um, has been with us before, but now we had her back because she announced the closing of her dear oyster bar, Olympia Oyster Bar, over on Mississippi. Yeah. And uh, she's got plans to do some pop-ups and some coast action, which makes me happy. Um, when she comes to the coast, I tend, obviously, I visit her more often than I do here in Portland. It's something great at the coast. There's not a large percentage of fantastic food experiences, and she provided one of the great ones a couple of years ago when she visited Nevor Shellfish Farm and Mm -hmm. did pop-ups on weekends, which were fantastic. And uh, I just visited her up at uh, Fort George Brewery. She took over their kitchen, which was great. So she'll be out at the coast. She's searching for new space, and I think the conventional wisdom is uh, that she's searching for space in Portland. My bet's going to go on, and this has nothing to. This is not information that she gave me. Okay. My bet is this she's going to. Fa- my gut is she's going to fall in love with the coast enough. She's going to find a way to do it out there. That's what you did. Yeah, but I'm not serving oysters. Sure. Um, but uh, but at any rate, she's one of the nicest women in show business. One of the nicest people mm-hmm. in show business. Always a very positive outlook. Uh, she's had some health challenges this year, which she references and has overcome them. And uh, obviously some business challenges. And she comes came in the studio with a very positive outlook. And, um, you know, it's a tough business now. Tougher and tougher. I believe that this was a lease problem. It wasn't necessarily a business problem. But right. when leases are more expensive, they become business problems. There's been a lot of those leases problems. Yeah. The, these the, days. The city is in, is in flux yep. because real estate's getting more and more expensive uh, Labor is getting more and more expensive, and how f- how much can you raise prices at a restaurant? Right. Um, and in 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 face of all the competition, right here in town. So, um, but at any rate, it was great to have. Uh, we had a nice conversation this time without her partner, who I incorrectly called Michelle, who was Melissa. Mm-hmm. Um, the last time we came in, and as a matter of fact, when we had the interview with both of them, like a week later, this has happened to us a couple of times. Yeah. Um, Melissa left. The partnership dissolved. The partnership dissolved. So um, there's another challenge in business where you start something up and things change. Mm -hmm. Like life, partnerships dissolve. Yep. So, uh, but she, as we understand it, has a a committed life partner and has been with her for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And he's a really nice guy. I met him at one of our events. And so um, she's also got the support of 
a lot of the Portland food community. She's one of the people, and there are a lot of them, but yep. she's one of the people in particular that a lot of people love and support. And uh, so she's going to, she'll land on her business feet and uh, in the studio with a big smile on her face. doesn't seem like she's down. So, right. um, so get over to Olympia Oyster Bar before it officially closes, if it hasn't already. This is December 2nd, I think. She's open into December. I think so. We recorded this about a week ago. Yeah. So, uh, so that would be it. But so, uh, Mylene Chavez. Right at the Fork is proud to be supported by Zupan's Markets. For over 40 years, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and more, with a delicious emphasis on locally sourced items. The best of the Northwest Bounty can be found at your closest Zupans on West Burnside, McAdam, or Lake Grove. And at Zupans.com, eat well, put taste first, love your food. By Ringside Steakhouse. Owned by the Peterson family for generations, Ringside Steakhouse has long been a landmark of the Portland landscape, featuring impeccable service that has set the standard for nearly 75 years. Enjoy the finest aged steaks, their world-famous onion rings, and even Ringside's legendary late-night happy hour. Whether it's a special occasion, a business dinner, or just a great night out, make a reservation at ringsidesteakhouse.com today. It took, I'm glad to be able to talk about this here because yeah. I don't really too much. Right. But it it took a while. You know, in the beginning, Oakley, who's now 15 and a half, mm. the Labradoodle I've had since, you know, we moved here. Right. And we get a puppy and he's thinking, um, what did you do? <laughs> why, 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 you, why? Papa. But now you can see it's really benefiting him and he really, it's kind of like a, a cool personal trainer for him. Right, we go out right. to the beach and Kodak is really gentle, but gets him moving. And, right. and now you can see when he nudges him, instead of Oakley just kind of snarling at him, and which is a fun snarl, <laughs> he follows him down into the surf. So he wouldn't do that if he wasn't. Right. He'd be like, no, I'm old. I'm he, I don't have to go. Let fearful, him go. Right. But he follows him down. Anyway, that being said, it's uh, nice. And some of the most pleasurable moments I've had in the last year, mm -hmm. it seems like time flies, oh but you God. did your... Pop up at last uh, summer, yeah. Last summer, yeah. Um, was being able to take my dogs out there. Right, I mean, here's right. a place where we can go enjoy great food and and hang out and hang out day. and have dogs running the around. Yeah. So it was great, and I'm so happy to hear that you're going to be doing yeah. that again so because we missed you this summer. Yeah, it was a little got a little too complicated at the farm this summer. It was a lot lot going on, and you know, Travis, he's he's an amazing guy, but he's he's a farmer, so you got to give him a space. <laughs> right, but so with a lot, enough advance notice, you can yes. orchestrate something Absolutely. new and special. Yeah, and he's ready for it. The, last year, the farm was going through some transition, and he wasn't sure if he was going to stay at the farm or not. Really? So yeah, so he was. It was just trying to figure out, you know, what what his plan was for the farm. So he's still doing some work and still trying to figure out some things out. But he's. We had a wonderful meeting uh, a couple weeks ago, and he said, "Hey, I want to do this again. Let's let's do it, and let's you know change it up a little bit and build out." bigger space indoors too that we can offer it for that's a longer your, season. That's kind of your dream. That's my dream. Want. That's my dream. If you could do that full time and sustain a business, I would oh, imagine you would ideal. see me saying, ta, 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 Portland, Oregon. 
That would be ideal. That would be ideal. Just because we can't assume everybody knows what we're talking about. Right, right, (laughs) exactly. That's usually a good idea to clue in (laughs) listeners. So you did a pop-up a couple of years ago, and I always have to get pronunciations correct because you read things. Right. So it's Nevor. 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 Because it's got the two dots on top of the... The, It's got the O, and I always forget the name of this. I just had deja vu right now. So strange. Nevor with the line with the slash across. Right, so it's not even two dots. There you go. Right, right. I gotta learn. I should have learned that. I was just there. <laughs> um, but um, shellfish farm, and it's Travis. I, Travis Oha. Oha, he's, he's right. Right, an amazing farmer, uh, just a, a madman, um, the best of them, and he's been cultivating two types of oysters, three types, even four types at times, over in Etarts Bay, in one of the one of the most pristine areas in in the country for oyster cultivation. And he has this beautiful property right on Nitar's Bay, overlooking the bay, uh, gorgeous picnic tables, kind of rugged setting. And then you're just sitting out there having oysters and wine. And it's just, I mean, you know, it's... it's on a great it's, summer day. I mean, It doesn't you know, get the, any better than that. The it nice, really doesn't. The, one of the nice things about Oregon is it's a pretty good bet. If you're doing things that are all summer, it's always going to be a nice it's day. It's always going to be a nice day. And, you know, it's being at the source. At, at the site where these oysters live and they grow and they're just you know permeating all their beautifulness uh, and to be there and be shucking and drinking wine and pouring wine and cooking it's just it, to me personally it's my dream and I know everybody really enjoyed it coming there just because of that whole experience and mm-hmm. for for a chef to be able to create an extended experience of what you do in a setting like that is it really is a dream come true and you yes and you could tell you were in your element. Last year. So I want to talk a little bit about how that dream came about for you, because the last time you were here, you were with your, at the time, partner, (laughs) Michelle, and we don't really love to have, Melissa, Melissa, I'm sorry, there you go. It's been a long time. Former business partner. (laughs) Former business partner, right. Thank you for pointing that out. (laughs) But we don't generally like to have two people from a place um, here in the studio at the same time, because we're not, it doesn't give us the opportunity to dig a little deeper into your past. Right. We're talking about the restaurant. Right. Which is fine, but people can go to the restaurant. That's yes. the way we always feel. Well, I want them to go and know more about you. And, you know, we've all read it's out there and we've heard you have, you know, your uh, back, background is from Baja, from mm-hmm. Tijuana. And yeah. I don't know much more than that. What was, <laughs> your, what was your childhood like? Um, there and what did you take? Wh- what about that? Did you, have you taken with you yeah, that's still so, inside of you? Absolutely. So growing up in in Baja and also in a border town, right? It's it's there's a lot of cross cultural influences, and I always reference my grandmother who was in, in in huge inspiration in my cooking and in in the ocean and the sea. She was from Sinaloa. Uh, Sinaloa is a part in um, in uh, she lived in a town called Mazatlan, which many many people may know. And Mazatlan is just. The food there and the seafood, it is just ridiculously delicious and bountiful. And she brought that when she moved to to Baja California Norte, which is Tijuana and Sonata. Should we just do area. this whole thing in Spanish and I'll just Absolutely. nod my head? <laughs> cuando quieran, cuando Because yeah, I love hearing it. Okay, but we'll get little, we'll get little uh, bites. Yeah, so, you know, growing up in, in this region that's already very bountiful, especially with seafood, and has so many cultural um, cuisine influences from Oaxaca, from the Yucatan, also from Peru, from Asia. And then you get some California influences, coupled with my grandmother being this phenomenal cook who would cook these amazing feasts. Uh, my grandfather was a diplomat um, in Mexico, so he would have these amazing 
galas and events with you know ambassadors and diplomats of different parts of the world so she would definitely step up her game and of course i being the little curious child was always with her so growing up in this environment that food really meant something bigger than just sustaining your your hunger or fulfilling your hunger rather uh, it was it was just a part of what we did every day a part of our culture it was telling stories with food it was sitting around the table making tamales and migas and chilpacholes and and barbacoa and very few far between she would make beef or, or goat. Um, she was much more seafood oriented. So that's where I get that that passion for that. But it was just amazing, you know, and then being close to California as well. So you're this border town and anybody who grew up in a border town, it's it's a melange. It's a melange of different things. So being a part of all of that has really influenced me tremendously in, in, in my career as do a you, chef. Do you, can you pinpoint the time when you said, I just want to cook for a living? Yes. But I didn't do it right away. <laughs> right. But it's one thing to identify. I mean, you don't. Absolutely. It's not like you, in life you say, I'm going to do that. And then, bing, it, it was, happens. Yeah. You know, it It was, I was 19 years old. And I don't know if many people know this, but I had an accident that left me paralyzed for a little bit over a year. Mm. And it was a freak accident. Um, I'm very clumsy. So um, I actually bumped my head getting into my dad's vehicle and bumped it to the point of paralysis crazy it was just a freak and were you able to identify that second what what that there was a problem uh, yeah about an hour 30 to 40 minutes later because we were leaving my cousin's wedding uh i was breathing in the car and i started feeling really nauseated and just not feeling right and my dad's like you know let's let's go to the hospital just in case you hit you bumped your head you could have maybe a concussion who knows just by getting into a car this is this is what's the freaky part of it and kind of funny in a really morbid way um so we well, yeah, it's funny years later when you <laughs> years can later, it. right? Uh, so yeah, so we're we're going, we're heading back home, and my dad's like, "Nope, let's go to the hospital." So we went to the hospital, sat in the ER, and within thirty minutes of me being in the ER, I start losing mobility from the from the neck down, and just start. Was it tingling, or you just didn't? It was it the like, strangest feel. It. It, it was. It felt like your body was super heavy, and your limbs felt like spaghetti. I could still, at that moment, feel a little bit of tinglingness. But it was just heavy, this heaviness that I couldn't control. I couldn't lift my legs. I couldn't lift my arms. So a few hours later, I just, I couldn't move at all. Doctors immediately were trying to figure out what was wrong. They put me on all this medication. At least you were there. At least I was there. At least I was there. Because otherwise, you know, I I don't know what would have happened. Right. And uh, hours later, the doctor said that I had something called central cord syndrome. So it's a complete swelling of the spinal cord that led to paralysis. Crazy, just from a bump in the head. So wait a minute, just not that we want to have a medical <laughs> pro- podcast, but was this a flat-on hit your forehead, or did you sp- crush your spine a little bit so on the way in? It was a form of, I guess, how the doctor explained it is that in the way that I hit my forehead, it created a, a whiplash effect of sorts. Mm-hmm. So I just hit it in the right portion, and my body, because I was getting into a vehicle, was kind of loose. So it just created this like little snap. Wow. In the right space, the right time, paralysis. At 19? 19. Oh, there's a great time to be in a wheelchair <laughs> all of a sudden. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was very challenging. Uh, doctors didn't know if I was going to be able to walk again or when I was going to be able to walk again. And my grandmother... Did, you know, they, they, didn't, they didn't know whether. You, they didn't you, know whether oh, or when yeah. or how. So it was one of those things where that swelling could just persist or it was... Through you know, therapy, through uh, rehabilitation, through my willpower, which I have a lot of. Oh, I um, can tell you that you have. An, I think <laughs> I was. We will mention it at some point, but I think 
I don't know many people who have as positive uh, outwardly. <laughs> I mean, right. I don't know what's going on inside of you all right. the time, but outwardly, you're always so positive. Thank you, thank so. you. It's it's perspective, and I think, and I have to sometimes catch myself in in remembering that I used to not be able to walk, and I think that gives you perspective in life a little bit. Right. Uh, so but, restaurant closing. Yeah, it's not. It's not a bad. It's, a good, it's actually not a bad thing. We're, right. we're it's 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 a uh, it's it's time, and we'll go into yeah, all we'll that. Yeah, we'll go into that. So, anyways, this during this during this transition of me not being able to walk, my grandmother uh, stayed home with 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 me and my parents while my parents worked. She was that force that kept me going, that kept pushing me, and she would cook and she'd be like, "Okay, you're, we're going to cook together." How much older than you is your grandmother, or was your grandmother? Oh, she's still with us. No, she's she's she passed. She oh. passed at ninety three about fifteen years ago. So, oh. so she's or ten years ago, fifteen years ago. I remember, um, two thousand six, she died. Uh, but no, she she was much 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 older. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, during that process, she pulled pull, pull me my welcher in, in the kitchen, and we would cook, and she would t- do recipes with me, and she would teach me her techniques, and she would different from when I was a child. You know, as a child, yes, I I I, I naturally understood what she was making, but if, but here it was a little bit more engaging, mm-hmm. and she wanted me to to truly take something because I, I was at home for the first month. I couldn't go to school. I couldn't, you know, I was, I was not, I was still not, not well to, to be out, out in the world. Well, there's an education for you, right? Absolutely. And in that moment, I just had this, 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 this pulled me through this really dark place that I could have gone into. Mm-hmm. And it was through cooking that, I, that truly nurtured me and truly gave me that spirit back that I, I felt that I was fighting for, but I had lost during that process a little bit, which normally, you know, you're 19, you're, you don't, you're still not equipped. You still don't have all of those resources that we have as we get older. Right. So for me, cooking was that vehicle. And I said, God, I really would love to do this in a professional way. I would love to do this as a living. And at that time, how much exposure had you had to restaurants to know as a profession, this is what it might look like? None, none, none. I mean, I I, I was, you know, I I lived in, in, in France for about a year in between that accident. And I did meet a lot of cheesemakers and winemakers and local uh, uh, they had a couple, uh, what's the word? Oh my God, bouchons uh, in that area. And I had a little bit of a summer hangout at, at these restaurants, but nothing to the scale that, that you know, that is here in, in, in America. I'd dab a little bit in, in Mexico, but nothing too crazy. Right, but that's something. It's as opposed to always eating at home, right? right? I mean, there are people who, uh, when they get to 20, they may have had an occasional birthday or something at right, a restaurant. Right. Oh, you mean eating out at restaurants? That's oh. what I meant. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. We grew up eating, eating, I mean, yes, we did. did. We did, we you, did. So yeah, you yeah. saw that. Okay, I thought, like, I'm sorry, in, I thought I in the work. completely different the, impression. <laughs> it's okay. I thought you um, meant like working or like exposed to the professional No, side of it. just, you know. Oh, no, absolutely. My we, we, as kids, we traveled a lot, mostly through Mexico, and we, we, we ate Really well, not necessarily very expensive, but we we grew up eating eating a lot. And was sure. it mostly it was mostly through Mexico and did mostly you get to the Mexico. states at all? Or? Uh, yeah, in the states, of course, in the states and in Mexico and then uh, in Europe when I traveled. There was uh, when I was younger. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. I'm glad we yeah. cleared that up because <laughs> I, I never ate in a restaurant until I was. <laughs> well, no, I the only reason I said that was because you were talking about how. Uh, the experience of eating at home and your grandmother right. and um, you know many times if that's the case if you have an incredible <laughs> cook at home no Why one's going out, out and, I, and I don't mean to um, presume anything but right, right. you know I I had been to Tijuana probably around when you were 19 right. I'm not going to do all the math right now <laughs> oh no 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 it was way before you were 19 because it was when I was 19 <laughs> um, when I was went to school um, 
in Tucson and we've right. been down in Nogales and then I've been over a little bit to Tijuana. So yeah. I just didn't think it was a burgeoning restaurant scene. It's, there. you know, back then it, it, I mean, it's not what it is today because today it's, it is, it is insane. The, the whole culinary scene there is, it is blowing up some of the best food in the world. Hmm. And then, you know, it was still the tacos and the taquerias and, you know, little shops in the corners and some of the mom and pop shops that still presented really great food. Was it, you know, breaking the barriers of the culinary scene? Probably not, but it's still, it's still, it's still did the great Chinese food, great Chinese food hmm. in uh, Mexicali. So all the people that didn't go to Portland then, didn't get better, <laughs> went down there. Exactly. Exactly. So Tijuana has always had some, some decent, decent, good food, but now it's, it is. It will rival any any big city in America. Oh, great! Yeah, have to put that on the list. Absolutely, absolutely. Let me know. Well, <laughs> I yeah, know some the, people. <laughs> the, the wheels are turning, or turning, turning, yeah. or churning. Well, that's butter that churns. <laughs> or ice so cream. No, I don't think there's any. There may be butter up there. <laughs> Good butter. Yeah, that's true. So, um, so then, what was the to get? And so, I believe you said it was about a year. You were in a yeah, wheelchair. Yeah, about a year that kind of the process of being in a wheelchair to a walker to a cane. And then I went to, I was, I went to college in, in San Diego and did my undergrad, was able to get through my, my second year of college. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then from there, I, I kind of put cooking professionally on, on the sidelines. I, I thought I should follow the responsible route and uh, got an undergrad in criminal law and criminal justice. And then from there pursued my passion in, in, you know, this criminal law world and field. I come from a lot of uh, cops and attorneys and politicians. Not necessarily a great thing, especially in Mexico, but... Um, <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> it's okay. There's some good ones in my family, some, you know, other ones that, uh, you know, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, well, we're a long way away. They don't have to worry about anything you say Love here, you, I, I, I hope. <laughs> but a colorful family nonetheless. Yes, 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 so, yes. So, so then, and then what did you want to do? Be a private investigator? No, no, I became, uh, so I did a lot of social justice uh, work and then policy work and I worked in uh, Mexico. I got a master's in, in uh, psychology. So I really wanted to kind of combine my forensic knowledge with psychology and social justice. So I did a lot of work in Mexico. I did human trafficking advocacy. I did, you know, sexual violence advocacy. Then I worked in yeah. the prosecutor's office. Uh, and ran um, services there for victims of domestic violence, homicide, abuse. So I did a lot of heavy, heavy work for mm. for about sixteen years. That was that's a lot. I didn't realize that. So yeah. that long. And then, how did you maintain a positive outlook? Because that's <laughs> that could be very depressing. It's very hard. It's very hard. You know, luckily I do. I do have an amazing support system. I have a wonderful partner at home and a family that is just loving and supportive and. For me, being able to provide and give back in every aspect that I do in my life is really important, and I feel like I, I'm still able to do that in my own way now. But back then, it's, it's working with people who needed needed something and needed help. Um, but it was difficult, hence why I changed careers. I think after 15, 16 years in that world, you, you your heart starts to weigh heavy, and, and you want to be around happiness. You want to, even though it's stressful, it's just as stressful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's around happiness, it's around celebration. So I had an opportunity that my current position was no longer going to be available and I decided to take a whole change and leap of faith. I was doing some little side hustle things. I had this uh, lovely property in California that allowed me to do events and cater dinners and private winemaking dinners. And I just started kind of hustling a little bit of a little bit of a business plan. And then I enrolled in culinary school because for me that was important at that time, a little older. 
But you already have the best culinary school. Absolutely. Grandma. Yeah. Grandma. Chef Grandma. There's mm-hmm. nobody beats that. And I think any 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 chef who had an amazing either mother or grandmother that they cooked with, there's it doesn't rival, you know. <laughs> They're the best. But for me it was really about understanding the profession and understanding the more professional side of, of working in this industry. Yeah, I could cook a home, I could cook you know, we're Mexican, so our meals were never for five people. You're looking at 30 people, <laughs> 40 people. So, but for me, it was really important to get some fundamentals and, and get a little bit of foundation on uh, and understanding too of, of other cuisines and, and, and just the professional side of, of this of this work that we do. And then after that, uh, or during culinary school, I really loved catering. So that's your mid-30s, if this I'm doing all the math yeah, correctly. Yeah, this is my mid-30s. I can't believe that was in the past because I would just assume <laughs> that's now. But Thank you so much. Oh, uh, well, no, you, you have, uh, it's all that seafood and it's the right? outlook. Your complexion is incredible. For, Thank you so for, much. If you're not, in, it's a little for not being in your mid-30s. <laughs> appreciate that. Appreciate that. It's a pescatarian diet. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine that's And good. lots of oysters. And lots of oysters yeah. and a little bit of oil exactly, along the way. Exactly, it's all good. So yeah, so then you know, fast, fast or moving backwards a little bit. Um, after during culinary school, I started building a business plan for a catering company. I really loved catering. I love the versatility that catering offers, and I started reaching out to some of the lead cater catering chefs in in San Diego and then in Mexico as well, working with different chefs in Mexico. So again, wanting to learn from the best, uh, knowing that I still had a lot of financial responsibilities as somebody in my mid thirties who had had a certain life and and had a career. I couldn't just, you know, go in and, and do, be work as a line cook. I, I couldn't afford it, especially not in California. It right. Is, and it just San can't. Diego. Yeah. And San Diego. And, right. you know, had a mortgage. And, yeah, uh, my husband was like, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> so I really wanted to, but still learn from the best and still work uh, with, with, with some of these crazy, amazing chefs. Um, I had an opportunity to work in Rancho La Puerta, which is this beautiful, stunning resort in, in Mexico. It's uh a five-star resort it's a wellness center so they revolve all around wellness and and eating clean and scratch cooking and they have this gorgeous uh, six-acre organic farm on site so I started working there and that was really kind of the impetus for me to truly be more connected to this you know I know it's cliche the farm-to-table scene but but really going outside and picking your fresher herbs and vegetables and you know your your aliums and just going into the kitchen and start cooking something it, again, it's, it's not cliche. It's a lot different experience <laughs> than having the the delivery from so somewhere true. that you don't know where it's coming from. I mean, I don't think it's cliche at all. I think I can, you know, when I see a lot of people with backyard gardens, mm-hmm. uh, and I haven't done that, and mm-hmm. I think, well, wouldn't that be, you know, most people who wonderful. haven't done it would think that, but those who have really appreciate that they're, right. they're growing right. their own right. food. So to go a little beyond that to the commercial Right aspect of that is very cool. Yeah, and that was that was a, a great experience, and it's and I still get invited back to go and they have this wonderful culinary uh, school, and they do a lot of classes and teaching. So I, I'm very blessed because I get to go a couple times a year at least to go teach, and then I stay at this beautiful resort for a week. So it's not not too bad. Yeah, not that's too bad. pretty good work if yeah. you can get it. Yeah, exactly. So then you know, a few years later, building my catering company was doing well. Again, learning from different chefs, working in Mexico, different people, just trying to continue to grow my craft and and expand my my range as well. And and then uh, the opportunity came up for this oyster bar concept. And where how did Portland come into that mix? So my dear friend uh, Isabel Cruz, uh, who's a co-owner of Stargazer Farm and also owns Isabel's on the Pearl, and she owns a couple of restaurants in California. Mm-hmm. She said that you know 
come check out Portland. Come to my farm. Come hang out. I think Portland's a spot for you. And Washington, Oregon, Coos Bay, Neatards Bay, Puget Sound, it's all full of oysters. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, she had was- me at full of oysters. <laughs> so it came and it came. A few years, this was in 2014, and I fell in love. I fell in love with Portland, with the vibe, with the city, with nature. Drove up to meet our friends at Hamahama. They were the first ones that ever really heard about this concept. Uh, and they just provided such... Oh, they had to love that. Oh, they were excited. They were excited. And they, they're just, they're a, a phenomenal group of people doing some great work. And they're genuine. They're loving. They're generous with their time. And, and they have always been very supportive of, of this of this concept and of this little oyster bar. And yeah, the, then moved 2014, packed up the bags, the dogs. I now only have one dog. My other dog passed away. Mm. But um, yeah, we, we sold the house took a leap of faith and for about a year and a half started looking for for a little Mississippi Avenue location and we finally found it. Oh, you had it. You wanted to be on Mississippi Avenue. Uh, we were looking at Mississippi. We were looking at the Pearl. Uh, we were looking mm-hmm. at a couple different places, but Mississippi always felt just a little rough around the edges with this quirky, fun mm-hmm. uh, dynamic as well. And, and I didn't want anything. By the time you bit. got there, it wasn't so rough around the edges anymore. Not so right? much. The clearly, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah I've heard <laughs> that it was really rough around there just years right. ago. So yes, yes. I've, I've, I've been told that you can't, you couldn't necessarily walk down Mississippi Avenue at any given time. There were a lot of places you couldn't. That was it predates my arrival in right. Portland, but a lot of places I heard you couldn't walk. But when I when we first spoke with John Gorham and mm-hmm. he went in, put Toro Bravo where he was, so that was a real leap of faith. <laughs> there right, to go into that right. neighborhood and then that you know kind of anchored williams and mississippi that was yeah that was the, the little little quadrant right, right. Of community so, but so, no so uh you did it and you built a beautiful beautiful spot thank you thank you a lot of blood and sweat and tears and and it's 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 been a, a tremendous labor of love that little space and i will miss it i will will definitely miss it um but it's it's we've had just a tremendous amount of talent come through those doors and a lot of care and love. And, and for me, you know, as you know, I'm, I'm a very warm person uh, and being able to nurture, nurture a team of people has been one of the, one of the highlights um, at my time there on Mississippi. Avenue. And it's challenging because you didn't have a large kitchen and a lot mm. of equipment. To, <laughs> so it's, you, it's, been, was... it's been challenging and we had a rough, we had a rough start for many reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had to, I had to learn on my feet and I had to, make it work uh, with with some not a lot of resources at the beginning and and we pull through but it, it's it's a result of the team that I had by my side and I think that any restaurateur any chef would say that you can do this on your own there's, there's just no way and for you're, me being and you're coming in from out of town so you didn't exactly. really have a preconceived notion right. of this is going to be my team right. it's it's you know it's like a it's like a match dot com gambling for chefs. exactly you're gambling you're gambling and I gambled I gambled very well uh, I, I got a good hand uh, my my starting team um, two of them who helped me open the restaurant are now the owners of Sardine Head mm-hmm. uh, Simon Lowry and the amazing Elizabeth White um, they were integral in 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 helping me get that that restaurant opening and then Peter Vergari. Kendra Nelson, and then the rest of the team who has just followed suit through. And right now I have just a tremendous general manager, Carly Pelksar. So it's, I've had such, I don't want to say luck, but a lot of it is luck. <laughs> well, but you, it's, it, a lot of it's luck that those people came through the door to talk yeah. to you to interview. Yeah. 
but then there's some skill involved because there's I'm sure skill. you turn some people away yes, who absolutely. may not have been such great. <laughs> yes, folks. exactly. That's 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 been that's been the fun part. Turning those people away, you're just like, ooh, I don't I don't I don't know about that. Dodge the bullet on that one, <laughs> and then you get to hear later on um, what has happened. So- we are pausing here, Chris, to talk about one of our favorite places to eat, Ringside Steakhouse. Love the place, and whether you're in the dining room or the bar, always a seller experience. I have to say, um, we've been going there for a little while now. Yeah. I mean, of their 75 years, I know, you know, I think I first went there when we moved out here years ago, and then for some special occasions and along the way, but lately been going quite a bit, and uh, we had a new server he wasn't new, but new to me. Right. Scott was a, was just provided such a wonderful thing, and it calls into light, uh, brings into light how wonderful the service is at Ringside. No matter who is your who is taking care of you, it's always done with um, the utmost care mm-hmm. and pleasantness. I think so, I've had Scott a couple of times. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah. That was the first He's time. He's great. It was great. And then, there, of course, there's Jimmy in the bar mm-hmm. and Andy in the bar and Jellica in the bar. Yeah. Uh, all these you, great You go people. to the bar a lot there, Chris. No, I don't. But I, w- I was there last night. That's why it's all coming to mind. Um, and so in the bar now, at hap- they have a happy hour. For the first hour they're open, the bar menu is half off. And one of the things, a couple of things come to mind, shrimp cocktail, half off. Yep. And also their burger is fantastic. Yeah. The uh, the happy hour is technically just for happy hour in general is Monday through Saturday nine thirty to close then Sunday from four to five that first hour they're open but then the bar menu is half price right the first hour they're open and then during happy hour and that's new yes that's all that's, new that's so. part of the whole the whole part of the seventy five year celebration the redo of the whole place and it's just if you haven't been there in a while go because you're going to find something a that you remember fondly and also something brand new. Right, and the, they have the most comfortable seats in the bar. You're not going to want to leave either. Right. So I think they do that on purpose. Yeah, I think there's probably a method to that yep. non-madness. It's great. So Ringside Steakhouse, and of course, this is holiday time. There's nothing better you can do for someone than get them a Ringside gift card right. for the holidays. Yeah, and you can do that through the website, Chris. Do it through the website. Yeah, do it through the website, or when next time you're in, stop by and you can grab a, a gift card on your way in. Right, go in for happy hour and get... A gift card. Yeah. My my parents are visiting Portland for the first time in like five years, and so we've made sure that Ringside is on our list of things to do. So we're going to be hanging out there for a few hours in the next coming weeks. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Yeah, and I don't want Brooke Jackson Glidden to feel like I'm like pressuring her because I wrote her a, a, a little text about some pizza stuff this weekend. Yeah, but Ringside should be in the Eater Thirty Eight. Oh, yeah, absolutely should be. Yes, because there's no better service. And the food is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It may not be trendy, right? But it's delicious and wonderful, and uh, it is a stalwart of the Portland food scene. Oh, yeah. It's been here for longer than anybody else. Little side note: we might be going long on this, but I have to point this out. I went somewhere not ringside the other day to eat with my daughter, who ordered something that included lobster in it, and when she got it, she was expecting the quality and greatness of the lobster mashed potatoes, right? And she took one bite, and she's like, "Nope." <laughs> like, <laughs> Thanks for buying that. Lucky daughter. Yep. So, uh, again, Ringside Steakhouse is the website. That's where you can get the gift cards. You can also book your next reservation there right on the website. Right. Perfect. And if this went a little long, <laughs> Merry <laughs> Christmas, Happy Holidays, Ringside. You've been very good to us. Yes, Thank you, you very much. Mm-hmm. And so what 
What are the circumstances? Uh, I didn't see it in published as to why you're closing. So you just yeah. assumed it's a lease. Well, it situation? was. It was our our lease ended, um, and we decided to you know we were going to try to stay there a little longer, but just it the things didn't align the way we wanted it to align, and it was a four year lease because we assumed the lease. It was a, originally a five year lease. But when we took over the space, um, it was barely in their first year. So we assumed a lease. So we only had four years, which sometimes traditionally you have five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and just certain things did not align for us. Uh, and we decided, you know, it's 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 time. It's time to, to explore other options, other ideas. I am a very ambitious person in the sense that I, I like to keep pushing myself and keep exploring different locations, different areas, different opportunities. And I've been doing a lot of work at the coast over the years and I have a special place in my heart for the coast and the community at the coast. It's a very welcoming community, a very warming community. And then, you know, reaching out uh, and having that relationship with my friend Travis from Nevoar Shellfish Farm. He approached me and saying, hey, let's let's do this again. Uh, it may look a little differently. It may have a different name. We're still, we're still identifying a couple little things, some really fun things. Uh, but we're, we're hoping to launch that in late spring and hopefully have it be a more persistent or consistent uh, level of service, so it'll be a weekly thing, uh, probably through late fall, depending on weather. Mm-hmm. So that's one great opportunity that that we're exploring, and we are still looking at other spaces here in Portland. Uh, I'm taking my time with it. I'm in no rush. Um, excited to maybe take a couple weeks off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've really done that. A couple? That's it. <laughs> no, that's it. That's all I can take. I, I have too much energy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this year's been rough. I, I had a lot of health stuff. Um, I had surgery, had some complications because of my surgery, so I'm still kind of dealing with that. So. It's been a tough one for, for me personally, but I, I feel that with everything going on and, and all of these great opportunities, you know, in, in our in our future, it's this closure is is not necessarily a bad thing. It's it is it is sad because you build a home for four years in this mm-hmm. one space that, that you put so much love, so much energy, so much of every aspect of, of your being, um, along with everybody else and my staff. You know, that's the thing where it's like, Well, you know, I'm not going into opening a place tomorrow, another place tomorrow, so I can't bring my staff with me. But mm. we're uh, we're all kind of rallying together, and and it's a family. We're all there to support each other, and they're supporting each other tremendously. In fact, we're going to go have a big um, a duck house lunch uh, in the next couple hours today. And oh, nice! Yeah, it's just a little coming together and checking in on everybody and making sure that everybody's feeling okay. And, so are they going elsewhere, most of them, and then you're going to hope they're going to be available when you when you. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. We're we're still we're still going to keep in contact. We're going to be doing pop ups. Um, we've been doing pop ups at Function PDX. Um, we did one in the summer. Did one a couple weeks ago, and they've been very successful. We've had just amazing reception um, to those. So we're going to continue on on scheduling dates for that in February, January, probably March as well. So we're going to keep those going. You just did one uh, at Fort George Brewery in Astoria, yes. which I. I love when you're out there. See, see, I always have felt guilty that I didn't make it in to the Oyster Bar in Portland. I did a few years ago. I yeah. had a run with a friend there. We went quite often yeah. at the time. And I haven't, but I've told you, come out to the coast, I'll see you all the time. So, you know, I made an hour and a half run up there, round trip, to go have some oysters. But it would, the point is, it's not about me, it was packed. Right. It was and packed. so you got to expose, you, yeah. probably, I'm going to guess, 95% of the people, you know, probably me and three other people knew of <laughs> your Portland mean, but, existence. Right, right. Um, but that was packed up there, and, and everything going on on that upstairs floor was you. It was us, yeah, it and was us. I don't know, have you ever served, I mean, other than events, right, you've been in a lot right, of events. Right, right. But, 
but in a kitchen for with a menu. Have you ever served that many people in I, Oregon? In Oregon, in Oregon, I did it in Olympia, Washington. But it was it was a collaboration dinner that I did with uh, Chef Henry Knoll, uh, which mm-hmm. we're doing on one, another one in a couple of weeks at the restaurant. But no, I don't think I've done one like that in Oregon. This was the first one. It was, I mean, we 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 were, I mean, we were nonstop for four hours. Yeah, no, it was. Cr- I mean, I think of we've done a couple of events so and fun. there were 30, 40 people. But right. that, and you knew ahead of time what to expect, yeah, right? Forty yeah. people, X number of courses. You knew exactly. Right. This was, you don't know what everybody's going to order. Right. And it was. It was, a, it was nuts. But it, 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 I also want to give huge props to the staff uh, at Fort George. They were just crushing it. They were true professionals each step of the way. You know, my menu, a lot of the ingredients, they didn't know any any of the ingredients in most of my most of my dishes. But they were learning. They were engaged. They were just crushing that line and they were really enthusiastic and I think for as a chef when you see this this enthusiastic cook really engaged in your food and engaged in, in this whole um, you know adrenaline that you get when you're when you're doing service it, it was really reinvigorating for me and it was really inspiring to see people just digging it and being into it and and you know running this this uh, six person line which you know I run a two person line in the right. restaurant it was fun i had a great time and, and, and the staff were wonderful instructing as you went too exactly you didn't have a lot of time <laughs> exactly so, but they everything was delicious and everything was well thought out Thank i you. i just was curious i don't know where the the uh, where some signals crossed but when i got up there and and i said I was, you know, a friend of yours. Oh, you're the one who wants the oil. And I'm like, what is that? No, what does that have to so, do with anything? Because no, so, I love your Aleppo, which is hot, right. largely butter, but correct? I think, yeah, but I think one of your, when you would come to the coast, I think it was one of your friends a couple times yeah. did not have butter. And I, I oh, just yeah. assumed that you were bringing that friend. So that I just, I had that oh, in no, my mind. I was, I was solo. <laughs> I don't have, I only have a weekend friend. Mm. Uh, you know, if it's on a weekend... I just Ray's thought I just thought me, that but, I was. Yes. Uh, oh, okay. That's what but I was she's thinking. Not, no, she's not. No, Somebody she's, was. She's going to listen to this again. We have so many instances. Like, who is that? <laughs> what, what, what is that? You know, we anyway. Um, but it was delicious. I had your ceviche and um, also your clams and mussels, which yeah. were fantastic. The so. bug, we sold so many of those buckets. Oh my god! <laughs> and um, the buckets I had in 2018 when you did the the, the pop ups at the coast that yeah. was some of my favorite. I was raving about that to everybody, and I'd go down there, the clams and the sauce and the bread, <laughs> and um, it was fantastic. So uh, I'm looking forward to that again. Um, and then you've made a lot of friends on the coast along the way. Yeah. I think I, inter- I'm, I introduced you to Mike, who's no longer yes. here. And yeah. he's done. And think about what he's going to learn in New Orleans. Oh, I can't wait. We're Kristen Penner from um, North Coast Industries. Uh, she's this uh, wonderful crabber. Uh, we're thinking of planning a little little trip out there maybe to go see Mike in, in New Orleans. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So we're talking about Mike, who used to be at Mike Salmon Saloon. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, um, wonderful, talented And a chef. few places in Portland, too. He, exactly. he worked his way through the Heath... Uh, uh, through Headwaters. Headwaters, right. Yeah. Um, and so he's down there. Does he... Is he... I haven't seen much from him. Does he's he, working. He's, he's working. He's got a gig. He's got a gig. Yeah, he's working. He's he's hustling. He's working a kitchen down there and busting it and just really working, working hard with his with his lovely uh, girl, Althea. She's a gorgeous little pup who's about year, a year and 
two months ago. Right. I did see a picture of him in bed. (laughs) I thought, you know, there's a man after my own heart (laughs) who's really happy to show everybody that he's in bed with his dog. (laughs) And if Mike is hearing this, uh, tell uh, Althea that Auntie misses her. (laughs) Okay. I I have a feeling that um, because with you... Headlining the podcast, he's going to be tuning in. So maybe we'll get a little <laughs> New Orleans exposure down there. Yeah. We had Mike on once just as uh, um, not, he shared the spotlight right. um, at the time. So um, anyway, you know, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of anything that goes on at the coast. At the coast. So it is, uh, It's truly a wonderful community. You have a lot of makers and, you know, producers and the whole community of, 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 within the food system that is the coast, it is really growing and they're doing a lot of great work out there. You have the ladies at Moon River Farms who are just cultivating some beautiful produce and, and doing it all really eco-friendly and sustainably, um, uh, you know, they have these great sustainable practices in place. And then you have Jennifer Bloster, who's the wasabi farmer, who's, I think it's one of the, one of the, one of the very few wasabi farms in the country mm-hmm. and she's cultivating here in here in Oregon. And then you have the fishers and, you know, your divers, Brad Farmer, who who dives for butter clams, which I actually went diving with them a couple of weeks ago, which was really fun. Uh, I didn't do I didn't do great, but I, I hung in there, hung in there. I didn't I didn't die. But there's just a lot of beautiful work being done up there and they're still growing and trying to perfect their systems and trying to create different um, and- capacity for them to be able to continue to, to not only grow and fish and, and do what they're doing at the coast, but also being able to distribute it out here in, in, in Portland as well. Right. And the, as far as being a restaurateur out there, it's, it's challenging because, and that story is one thing because you've got a population there right. that can su- support right. businesses. But when you get down to where I am, Manzanita and Wheeler and Rockaway, right. there is, right. you know, I always right. like to give shout shout outs to the places there because they need it. Yes. And I'm always, hopefully there are enough people listening here. It saves me the trouble of getting emails. <laughs> I'm coming out to the coast. Where should I go? Right. I did once did a blog to cover all of that so I could just send it. I should redo that or just a, just a, um, you know, a pen. A little email. tagline. Yeah. But yeah. You, have, but, you know, the folks at Sadmanbury Saloon are, are doing some really great work. Uh Jake Burden, who is this humble, hardworking, really talented chef, uh, Offshore Grill. I, I'm glad you mentioned yeah, them because is, that he is the kindest man. That's the find of the. So I just celebrated six years out at the coast. That is one of the most pleasurable yeah. finds that I've had. Yeah. You know, this little place in nondescript place in off, off in Rockaway, and every time I go there, brec- that's the other thing. They're open breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Right. I don't think they're open Mondays and Tuesdays. But, I mean, you know you can go there and get, always be really happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, it takes they, such care, such care with this food. And, again, they, they locally source everything, uh, scratch made everything. And, and, you know, a lot of a lot of smaller rural communities, it's harder sometimes to, to have access. And, and they're, they're really good at sourcing locally from local producers. But the menu is, you know, a little different. The, yeah. the crab fried rice, yeah, it has to be. <laughs> All the time. Right. And then the other place I asked you, I don't think you'd heard about them, is South Bay Wild Fish House. And I want to have the... the. Uh, I just the, met them. Oh, you did? I did. Good. I did. I did. Yeah, we had a meeting there um, to discuss uh, a couple opportunities at the coast with a group of people. And he hosted us. And yeah. Rob, right? Rob. Fant- yeah. Beautiful space. It's beautiful space, space. And the food is so yeah. good. And it's reasonable, it's too. It's yeah. not... 
you know, you can get any kind of fish and chips for under twenty dollars. Right, right. And the chip, <laughs> the chips are great. Anyway, it's. Um, I have to keep remembering it because I forget to tell people about right, it. But, right, um, right. But and you'll be part. I would assume you're going to spend a little more time doing pop ups yes. and Astoria, so yes, you'll be um, able to highlight some of these. And folks. I, I fell in love with Astoria too. I've never had. First time I, I visited Astoria was last week. Mm-hmm. So for me, uh, it was very eye-opening and I'm definitely interested in looking at some spaces out there to possibly put I hope you there. do that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you yeah. can do both Portland and that. I hope you can. But, I can do anything. Right. But, man, I would... <laughs> I can't keep telling myself that. <laughs> yeah, anything there. Or, or and or uh, Manzanita. I don't know what, you know. Right, but that right. that is, that's a tough go. That's two yeah. to three months. And Astoria, you... You can sustain something exactly. year round if you get. And, and I'm thinking, you know, simplifying things more. And, 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 you know, like we did at the coast, we had six menu items, beer and wine list, and just keeping it true and simple and then rotating a few things here and there. But again, simplicity goes a long way. And, and I think you're able to highlight the, the things that, that, um, that you do well and, and make sure that those are, those are highlighted in, a, in the best way. Are, do you consider yourself now... Uh, an Oregonian. Wow. That's a good question. I think so. I'm a Mexican Oregonian. Uh, I don't think I would ever move back. Yeah, that, well, I guess that's the determining so, yes. factor. So, yes, I, I love it here. And so I always feel when people ask me where I'm from, I'll tell them I'm from Connecticut. But I feel like I'm, and you should feel this right. way too, yeah. and court too, we all chose to be here. Right. Like there are right. a lot of Oregonians, there are a lot of Oregonians who just grew up here and they appreciate <laughs> the scenery, but they don't know how much better it is than a lot of places. It is so much better than a lot of places. <laughs> yeah, so, and I, you know, I'm, I know it wasn't easy for you and court too. We had to move families here and not, right. not when they're babies, not when, you know, midstream. Just harder. Yeah. yeah. And it was hard. Yeah. So where I worked, you know, like a salmon, <laughs> to get back here, to get here, and um, you know, I love it, and I think yeah. you have fallen in love with completely, completely. It's you know, you're driving through the city, and you see all the textures and the bridges and the old buildings and the quirkiness that makes Portland so so interesting and eclectic, and then you drive over to the coast, and I mean, that's just you know, every time I drive there a lot, and every time I'm just astonished as to how majestic these landscapes are and how beautiful everything just looks and is. And, and each little corner has its own uniqueness. You know, you have Neatarts Bay and that's a very kind of, sometimes it gets eerie and foggy and then mm-hmm. you go into Astoria and this is just a whole other world in Astoria. And then right. Wheeler and, you know, Nehalem, you go through that, that Nehalem area and it's just, it's, it's just turning around like on Disneyland, you know, I know. <laughs> but well, better. <laughs> I, you know, I never ceases to, I, I always appreciate it all yeah. the time. Is there a spot, because I have it, and there are different routes to come out to the coast, but so you often take six, I would six, imagine, yeah. route six. Yeah. Is there a spot there where your stresses just lift away and you think, this yes. is, ah, yes. this is where I like to be? The moment my phone has no service. <laughs> oh, so that would be a mile marker 30? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when my phone doesn't work and I can, you can just always turn it off. No, I can't. I mean, I, I, I can't. I own a business. So I just can't. And at least I have a, a, an honest excuse. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. But I mine has always been, so the nice spot is on 26 or 6 at right. the split. 
Yeah. So were they two split? If I'm going on 26, that too, because all the farmland comes into view right. and you're not on a highway any longer. Exactly. And then six, you come upon that beautiful, uh, you know, the swampy the kind swampy of area. area with the mountains in the background and the reflections and the clouds. Yeah. And it, as the season changes, that whole little landscape too just starts changing with it. It's so right. Beautiful. Yeah. Every and so, do you know? Do you know about uh, Mile Post? I, I don't know the name of it. Per se, there's a waterfall at milepost 29.2. There's a big pull out there. Okay. And I don't so, know about it. So, you know, with my dogs, that is the standard uh, when I take six. Right. There's this beautiful waterfall that's going year round, right? You don't have to uh, walk far. You just go there and it's a little, so you it's know. A, it's a good little pit stop. It's a great pit yeah. stop for the dogs. I'll definitely and keep that in mind. I, yeah. Interestingly enough, about the same spot, 29.2 or 20, yeah, um, 30, milepost 30 on. 26 is the spring where the two springs where you can get all the fresh water right are you aware of that you you go out that way a lot but there's i mean i'm usually always traveling with the mission they never get to play (laughs) well you'll see on the side both sides of the road there's there's a like a little fountain right and people okay yes yes okay have seen that yes yeah so i have to do it that's my drinking water (laughs) so but those i know all these little rituals and um you know, I've said for to a few people, you know, it's easy. I'm self-employed, so right. I can, not easy, but I can right. no, manage <laughs> to do it out there. No, I can manage to live out there. And But I have said for people who can figure it out, the, if you can find a place out there, and it's not easy, right. but it's worth the drive. Yeah, It's also beautiful. Right. I never feel like it's a toil. A, a no, it's, it's a thing. gorgeous drive. And, and I am, in fact, looking, looking for... Uh, you know, something to rent for the next probably from May through fall. So if, you know, anybody can help us out with that. I'm looking for something small to rent so we can uh, set up shop over there. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think I have, it's I have it's a couple a ideas drive. I can share with okay. you, which I want to hear because then you'll never get them. <laughs> Thanks. Keep it secret. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, just a couple. But um, so and what you're you'll be up and running you think late may late may we are doing a uh, little teaser uh, for valentine's day it's if we can get everything set up uh, in time um, at nevor shellfish farm so it's going to be uh, an exclusive just because of spacing indoors is a little more limited than than outdoors but we're going to do a valentine's dinner so I'll definitely oh. be letting uh, letting some what is our... when's valentine's day on this year i don't know it's the i think it's the, a friday friday possibly yeah i think it is yeah so i will i will be emailing uh some of our coastal community of friends to, to come and enjoy. We're probably doing a six-course meal, wine pairing, and just, again, something simple, but also just inviting to to tease you a little bit with what's coming for, for the late uh, late spring. And then you've done something at the Garibaldi Boathouse, Yes, correct? we've done several That place things. needs to be called out, too. <laughs> Garibaldi Boathouse. It is this, God, it's magical. Uh, that building has... Again, so much history, but the location from every angle of that space, uh, you see, you know, the whole, you have such a best, great vantage point of Garibaldi and they keep raising money again because it's, they're restoring it and, and they have a great educational program in, in place and they're looking at improving some of the, 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 the building and aspects of it. But we've done, I've done so many events there. We recently did a, an event for Nike, uh, which was great, uh, very ambitious menu, huge, uh, but lugging everything down that one fourth of a mile walk through the right. pier was was a uh, was is a, that a quarter mile? <laughs> quarter mile right on top of the water. <laughs> it is so if no one's ever been there, it is absolutely 
Stop it's, when you're find it yeah. before you get to Garibaldi find because there's it. no sign that's going to say go you know no. sit, go here. It is there is a sign, but you don't notice it. Yeah. I have to. It's breathtaking, and my friend Mike has had a lot to do with restoring Mike, that building. Yeah. And, oh, um, and and Kristen Penner. Right, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I met Mike down there, and he showed me around. It was great, and the purpose is really to call attention to all that you know, the, all the positive aspects of what goes on on the coast exactly. in terms of exactly. food and history and and food systems. And we've done a lot of educational classes uh, engaging. The, not only the local community, but also those are coming in from the city to understand native species, you know, what's around this area, whether it's crabs, red rock crab, uh, barnacles, your butter clams, your other native species clams, cockles, and you know, really engage the community into understanding what's available in this beautiful, bountiful region um, that is the you know, Tillamook Coast and North Coast. And it's been a really fun experience. And again, those who... who drive by, stop in, because it is just, it, it, it will change your life. For me, the first time I walked into that space, it, it, I had literally had an emotional reaction. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's beautiful. And, it's so and beautiful. I, I was particularly um, in awe because I've been passing it for years <laughs> and didn't even know it really existed. Right, so all right. of a sudden it's there. And there, you know, the other thing I've learned is I don't know much. There's so much out on the coast. I think I'm so like much. I'm an encyclopedia of knowledge, <laughs> but then there's all these there, there are all these things. Yeah, it's it's like know, Oregon, you know. There's so many hidden treasures in in this in the state that you just. I think the fun part about living here is just continuing to explore them and 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 discover them. And that is what you've done because you know you could have come up and opened an oyster bar and that was your concept, right? Right. <laughs> right. That could have been your concept, and you right. just did it, and you had some relationships with oyster farms, but you mm-hmm. have. You can see by what you're now doing and right. what you have done yeah. that your heart is in the right place. My and heart and soul is, is in this. And, you know, I always said, if I'm going to be in the oyster business, I'm going to be in the oyster business. I'm going to understand every aspect of it and being able to touch the, these, the, the water and harvest these oysters that, that take such care from the farmers and then being able to serve them at the restaurant and, and, and talk about them. It's for me, it's, it, that's that's being true to what I love to do, and it's being able for me to to impart that experience to my guests. And I love the coast. I want to learn more about it. There's so much more that I that I want to continue to grow. But I I feel very passionate about what I do in all aspects of my business, not only the brick and mortar, but but everything that it all entails. You know, how old is your dog? Oh, he's 15. Oh, so is Oakley. Yeah. yeah. So we can you can drop him off sometime if you need. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, and <laughs> we give him a little a quiet little walk. I'll leave Kodak at home. Yeah. And let the two do a two little, old men. Two old men <laughs> do their thing. That would be awesome. So, what is your what is the the tastiest oyster you've ever put in your mouth? Well, when, when what is it? What type and where were you? Well, it has to be the Olympia oyster. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's. it's oh, there's unique. an idea. Name a restaurant after that. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> the Olympia oyster. It's it's unique in its own way. It, it the first time I tasted an Oli. Uh, was in San Diego, and that's what kind of inspired the name for the restaurant. Uh, it was this beautiful Olympia that was growing in Carlsbad. Uh, the farm uh, was Carlsbad Aqua Farm, and I think for me the the Oli is just it is just beyond anything you'll you'll ever taste in any oyster. It's metallic, it's copper, it's radish, it's sweet, it's spicy, it's tiny. Um, of course, I love all other oysters. You know, you have your your blue pools from Hamahama, you have your torts from Nevor Shellfish Farm. Your, you know, Hog Island, um, Chef's Creek oysters, 
but the oli, it's it's unlike anyone. Um, but then you you take olis from different parts um, of the West Coast, and they all have a different kind of edge to them. Either they're a little meatier, a little brinier, a little saltier. Uh, and being able to explore all those different Olympias throughout the West Coast has, has been really fun for me, and, and it's definitely one of my favorite oysters. And you also, um, wine is an important part of Absolutely. your mix. Yes. And, I'm, you know, I'm hearing you talk about all the nuances of the oysters, yeah. and, of course, one, you know, wine has all those nuances wine. as well. Yeah, so, you know, with wine you have terroir, and with, with uh, oysters you have merroir, right? The 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 flavor profiles of, of the ocean versus the flavor profiles of the soil and the environment. So for me, being able to have a wine list that really follows suit with the rhetoric of our oyster program was really important. And Simon Lowry, uh, co-owner of Sardine Head, who helped me open the restaurant, who's now our, also our wine director, he has created over the years just a phenomenal wine list that includes small estate uh, producers, uh, small winemakers, uh, working with varietals that are unique, uh, looking at winemakers that use ancient forms of vinification, um, really funky wines, mostly all biodynamic, uh, low carbon footprint, low intervention wines, um, and really being able to engage that. And then, you know, my staff have been able to then kind of take take that uh, list and, and really create an experience around it as well. So can I put you on the spot? Sure. <laughs> I was just thinking of this while you were going through that. Um, so let's say... Um, I call you and say, and I'm going to go on a, not going on a, I don't think I'm going on a limb here. Barack Obama's in town, <laughs> he and Michelle, and they want to have you make them dinner. Mm-hmm. What would you make them and what which wines would you pair with it? Is this, is that too much to ask? No, you? not at all. Not at all. Um, I, and it could be somebody else. I'm just assuming you'd really want to sure, impress them. Absolutely. I mean, I think, I think one of my signature dishes and it's, it's, I think it's recognizable for many people is the ceviche and the ceviche verde and um, oh man, I had that within the last three days. Yeah, very, yeah. very good. And uh, the ceviche with sablefish uh, is my favorite. Uh, mm-hmm. Sablefish black cod has nice little buttery notes, and I think it adheres really well to those spices and that salsa verde, and then the citrus and a little bit of the freshness of the cucumber and the fatty fattiness of the avocado, and then riesling. Riesling just just does magic with 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 ceviche. Riesling is high acid. Um, and again, different types of Rieslings um, pair well. There's, there's so many. I mean, I think a lot of people think Riesling, they think sweet wine, but it, but it's not. Riesling is, is a beautiful a minerality, high acidity wine that really with, with the ceviche verde is just, just a, a party in, in, on your palate or in your palate, on your palate. <laughs> it's okay. No one's going to argue. No one's thinking grammar when you're talking about that. English is still my second language. I struggle sometimes. I think you do. That's incredible to, to make note of. I think <laughs> you do you. really well thank with you. it. Thank you. So, um, and my sayings mixed up from time to time. My staff have a great time laughing at me, but it's good. <laughs> uh, well, we, you, you don't have to be Mexican to mix up everything. That's true. I'm That's a good point. constantly sounding like, like an idiot and not remembering anything names. So there's an interesting, you're talking about Rieslings. Um, yeah. I recently had took a little trip uh, through Germany and Austria. Would it surprise you for me to say... And I've had a lot of seafood here. Right. That the the best salmon I've ever had in my life was in Kitzbühel, Austria. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. Where where was it? Was it directly? Was it from a like a farmed salmon, or was it from? Sometimes you get them from Norway. Yeah, it was, it was Norwegian. Norwegian, but yeah. it was uh, you know I didn't get down to the last exactly right, where it right, came from. Right. 
It wasn't. But a, Nor- it, Norway, I mean, it's. It was not high season yeah. there, but it was at a little um, place. Oh, now I see. I forget names. <laughs> I just had the card in my hand two days ago. Um, but uh, I'll remember, and maybe on the introduction to this, I can do it or put it on the, a little link in the yeah, in, yeah. on my website. But it was they they put a there was a little bit of uh, sugar caramelized on yeah, top of yeah. it. And it was had a little crunch to it, and it was done perfectly. Right. And I mean, it was a large. It wasn't like a you tiny know, four ounce. Portion. Yeah, it wasn't a tiny four <laughs> ounce por- portion. It was at least ten ounces. Wow! Wow! Twelve ounce portion. Those Austrians, they they feed you. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was incredible. But at any rate, so maybe you can get over there. Maybe we can all. Yeah, I have this. You know, one of the reasons I do what I do is I love to travel with people and enjoy. You know, I did last year. That's when, right. When you did your thing, I took the folks who were coming to Italy. With right. us to your place for lunch and Salmonberry Saloon for dinner. I did a little like mini, mini organ tasting. food adventure out there. And that actually is where, when my first day with Renee right. showed up right in front of Never. And she'll like that I pointed that out. <laughs> um, but yeah, it would be really nice to, Absolutely. to travel Absolutely. and eat. And you, you need to do a slightly better job of letting me know when you're going to be on the coast. Cause, and I know you don't have a lot. Yeah, I know you just don't have. Just follow us on Instagram. Follow well, us on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, but that's us. And I know you don't have probably enough time to just go <laughs> grab a bite somewhere right. out there. You, that's not the way it works. But if you do. I will. I will definitely. Uh, I'll, send you, I'll send you a text. <laughs> Let's go grab a bite and up in Astoria or down yeah. at Rockaway or even Salmonberry or Sounds good. somewhere out there. Um, thanks so much for of coming course. in. This was a pleasure. My pleasure. My pleasure. I've been wanting to um, have you in here alone. Yes. Thank you. Because the last time was we had an event and we were kind of promoting the right, event and right. uh, just don't you feel that it's a little different to be here by yourself oh, than with your business Abs- partner? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I am a, I am a completely different person. You yeah. know, it's it's been four years and I ran this restaurant by myself for three three years and eight or nine months of it, um, and been able to be here and, and tell my story and chat with you about it and and all the fun things that we're working on and. It's definitely, and an, it's it's been a fun ride. And then we can, two or three years from now, have you, any anytime, yeah, but yeah. just to see what happened, because yeah. it's going to be an adventure. It is going to be knows? an adventure. You could be. And that's, you know, that's the beauty of this work, that we're, there's no, nothing's going to be, you know, and I like to keep pushing, pushing myself and keep growing and exploring opportunities. And, you know, as, as, as sad as it is to, to kind of say goodbye to the home that you've had for four years, because it is, it's my team and my little space and, and, but it's, it's sad for, for the right reasons. It's sad because I had a great time with, with, with this restaurant in North Mississippi Avenue. And now we're going to mix it up and we're going to look for another space and kind of create a whole other little fun dynamic, whether it's here in Portland, but for sure at the coast. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting times. And the beauty that, that this industry offers you is that is versatility. And then we can keep evolving and growing and changing things up. And, and that's what people want sometimes. They want, they want something new. All right. Yeah. We're, we live in a place where it's the next new shiny thing. So you can create that. And what a supportive community too, right? Oh, it's one fantastic of the, I was community. going to ask you some of the things you love about Portland and Oregon, but I, yeah, th- yeah. that would be w- without a doubt for you. I would imagine it everybody's been so supportive. And, so supportive of, of, of our entire, you know, tenure at, at the restaurant and, and even most recently, too, just a lot of people have come forward and, and just send their 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 support and saying, you know, really lovely, generous things about about their experiences at, at the shop. And 
about the work that we've done. And, and that's encouraging. You know, this, this is hard work. And there's no cruise control ever uh, as a restaurant owner or as a chef. And it's always up and down, up and down in so many different ways from your staffing, from this, from that. It's, it's always something. Uh, but at the end of the day, when you have a, a beautiful community of positive people around you and a wonderful, just stellar team that, that you can turn to, that's what makes a difference. And I think that's where my optimism comes from because I, I really draw from from that. I, you know, my sous chef Katie Rowe, uh, again, I couldn't, I couldn't run that kitchen without her. Uh, Carly Pelksar, my entire team, Hannah, who's one of my bartenders, has been with me for years, and she's just this badass, uh, hardworking bartender, and 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 everybody else. And I can you know continue to name the past, the presence. Kyle Christie did a little tenure there. Kyle's been doing pop ups. He is running Bardoon right now and is working on some fun stuff. That's another guy that that got to keep your eyes on. He's he's a talented, talented, talented young 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 gentleman uh, with a good heart too. So it's 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 the people that keep you going. It's the people that you also get inspired by. I have learned so much from my staff. Um, we've learned from each other, and there's, there's again, no cruise control in this, in this, in this world and in this dynamic. And maybe that's the fun part because it doesn't make you complacent. It, it keeps pushing you. And, and for me, being able to keep exploring that and you know, doing 20 million things at once. I don't know how I do it sometimes, but I do it, and it keeps me alive. Well, and you have a lot of energy to do it. And I will say. <laughs> We're, we're completing six years on this podcast. Wow. No one's ever done a better shout out to individuals as yeah. you just did. Well, so thank you. Thank um, you. that's uh, a testament to you and them that you want to do that. I appreciate that. that. So, I appreciate them tremendously. And, and I want to make sure that they, uh, that they know it. Good luck. Yeah. Thank you. We'll thank see you, so you soon. We'll see you soon. We'll see you at the coast. Absolutely. Yeah. Have Thanks. fun. Have fun with it all. I will. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. 